and then it's going to fade to color and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to say hello welcome to my podcast that's my entire intro returning to the show is somebody that we have not been able to determine if we've actually met each other in real life before or not it's up in the air that's kind of a weird thing about the world that we live in today you know it's very common to be like relatively acquainted with people in like nothing more than a digital landscape, which is like, I don't know if that's cool or if that's scary or a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of both. Maybe we can get into that. We have plenty to talk about. Uh, You know, I have not always been um, the best at uh, introducing my podcasts. One may say that uh, I just kind of try to let my intuition guide me and hope for a uh, reliable outcome. But I'm Ching, Mike, a.k.a. Reliable Child in the house. Hey, I'll, give, I'll, give you the, I'll give the laugh up for that. Gonna do, do Make a, some noise for the internet. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mike, and good to see you. Good to see you too. Maybe um, for the first time, maybe not. I really have no idea. You have yeah, been on the show I, before. I mean, we could, yeah, we and, could go, go down that path of like how we maybe met each other initially or just like having the it doesn't the same <laughs> you know fishbowl to swim in i guess uh, you know for anybody that doesn't know mike mike is a you know a musician and a human being on planet earth the same earth that all of us currently reside on for the most part at least physically mentally some of us may be in some different places but you are a musician i am a musician yeah um and that's yeah, the maybe the most interesting thing about me, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'm I'm in awe of this. I know this is maybe like a little bit too like breaking the third was was third wall, I guess. Sure, but this is this is an awesome setup. Thank you, I really and appreciate it's that. It's really cool to be you know in a, in a podcast studio with the new podcast studio. Yes, yeah. Um, but I just want to say that. But yeah, I mean, as a kind of fellow creative type person i put my energy and uh, a lot of time unfortunately into songwriting and music production and things you know all those things in 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 that sort of uh, realm and uh maybe the most interesting thing about me i don't know i well what is really interesting to me is your casual use of the word unfortunately when talking about the time that you spend <laughs> with your music, you know, it's what is your current relationship as an adult with a life outside of creativity? I imagine like all mm-hmm. of us have that life that we have to engage with, you know, what is it that you like, what's your life outside of that? Um, I, you know, socially, you know, it's making time for, for friends that, you know, that I keep in touch with and, um, family, um, and and also a day job that has nothing whatsoever to do with music and carving out time to do what I really like to do is sit down in front of a guitar, write write songs, write lyrics, 
yeah. on a good day being a studio. Um, so my relationship, like outside, it's this kind of not like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, but it's this dichotomy balancing act. And it's, um, I'm trying to make my life more hum- harmonious where, you know, if I were doing the, the dream to do music full time, I guess. And not that it's like a, a pittering out dream. It's, it's, it's still part of my life to, to play music and write music. But the, the challenge is just to make time to do that and not become a hermit. Because I, I end up kind of doing that too. Well, I know that, you know, the music that you release under the the name Reliable Child, like this is for the most part a solo endeavor, right? It is, yeah. So yeah. that's like a very isolating thing to be like spending so much time working on like solo material all the time. And like you know, if your life outside of music is like around people that maybe aren't necessarily like creative in the same ways that you are and things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's probably really, um, again, isolating, just having this thing that's like maybe something that you're not really able to share with a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are like in that like outsides or like in like your close circle of friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think this is a good thing to just be you know to talk about and if it's therapeutic maybe i don't know but (laughs) totally uh yeah the i i was just talking to a friend of mine about like he's he owns his own business and um i'm wearing his his shirt here today but he's he, he opened a float studio that is like therapeutic sensory deprivation floating yeah which we could talk about if we want but he said the same thing we were talking about being on an island so he built a business on his own and um, it, that the idea of, you know, who's going to relate to that journey or whatever adventure to do something almost like almost entirely on your own. And then you got like having that, you know, sounding board to communicate with and say, you know, I'm going through this or I'm having trouble, you know, dealing with anxiety about this or that or I don't think this is good enough, or I think, you know, I'm I'm clueless as to how to paint this room in his case or install this, you know, gigantic tub that holds like fifty thousand pounds of water and salt. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, I, we were talking about this idea of being an island. And I, I relate to that as like a cr- creative person where it's sometimes silly to just say, you know, if you're in a group of friends that don't maybe indulge themselves in putting six hours, 10 hours or whatever a week, maybe some days like yesterday I could have spent two and a half, three hours doing some almost like intermediate step to, to having a song finished on my own. Um, like audio, uh, mixing basically. Not that that's the worst thing in the world, but to have a sounding board and, and have people relate to that, it, it, it just kind of, creates this isolation. And then if you go into relationships and things like that, um, sometimes it's hard for someone else to understand how, how, how important creating is. Um, in my case, you know, it's, I just, I, I carve it out of my life and, and have a place for it. Yeah. And um, my hope is that by doing that, you bring people in to that world whether it's listening to, to the music that I'm making or 
you know, going to a live show or, I mean, I do other things with music that's all, all of the above, like playing live music and recording. And, but that loneliness, that, that's the thing. And it's like, I don't, you know, if you're an island and, and you, you have all this experience that no one knows about, you know, what's the best way to do it? I guess you write like an autobiography or, you know, uh, or just have friends that do the similar stuff and totally. try to relate to them, which is, it's hard to find people that actually like, there's so many rabbit wormholes to go down, you know, yeah. with this stuff. It's really hard as you get older to just make friends in general, you know? And sometimes if you're in this like creative endeavor um, or just trying to do something for yourself, something outside of the status quo, and if the people that are in your environment aren't on a same wavelength, it can be really hard to get the support that you need from those people whether you realize you need that support or not it's real easy to be like yeah well fuck them whatever they think but in the back of your head that voice comes up like am i doing the right thing is this stupid am i like living out some adolescent dream still trying to create but i think that like the idea that there's like an expiration date on creativity or who you are as a person mm -hmm. is like one of the most miserable things that i could ever possibly think of right so it's just a matter of mm -hmm. like finding those people who understand where you're coming from and aren't going to require you to carve out a part of yourself to like engage with. You know what I mean? Like you should carve like time out for other people. You shouldn't carve out time for yourself. Like you are yourself, right? Yeah. But it's real easy depending on that environment for those people to kind of take over. And then all of a sudden it's like all I care about is this creative endeavor that I'm doing, whether it's making music or painting or gardening, whatever, right? But the people mm -hmm. around me don't support it. So now I'm not going to support it. Yeah. And then now I don't support myself. Now I'm miserable. And the people around me are like, well, why is Mike so miserable all the time? Why is Brian so miserable? Well, it's like, because I am not engaging with my true self. And I think, you know, yeah, I'm not saying that's yeah. like 100% what you're dealing with, but I yeah. think that a lot of that, um, shows in like just how like personal and vulnerable a lot of your songwriting and music is. I think a lot of that comes out as a result of maybe some of those experiences and just like your struggle trying to engage with creativity in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's a, that's a nice compliment. Thank you. That, cause that's kind of what I strive for the, the personal, um, you know, the personal effect that a person with a guitar has and, bringing that in and um the meaning behind that um but yeah like what you're saying like the obviously people are gonna tune into this and it could be anybody it could be people i know my you know friends and family it could be people that are familiar with music it could be people that i work with it could be anybody you know you, you do something like this in format and um which is great because because the thing about you know, my, my social self and my creative self, and it's like, you know, I, is, I don't know if I'm that, if it's that unusual to have different um, modes. And, and my, my social self is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of awkward. You know, <laughs> if I'm going with, I'm, I'm reminded of things like, oh, I, I, for the longest time, I'm like, here's, here's it for instance. I have like a couple of things that you were saying that remind me, but the, the first thing, the songwriting thing, I do cherry pick content that already, like I was listening, I've been in very seriously 
listening to Paul McCartney interviews lately and how he worked John Lennon and something to aspire to, but they had that ping pong back and forth of song ideas. And he, it was a NPR interview and um, Terry Gross asks Paul McCartney, this a couple of year or so ago, what that songwriting was like. And he goes, oh, it's so easy, you know, because John would bust his chops, you know, it would be, it'd be a, like a banter. And it, they revised songs like that. And, yeah. then, and then obviously removed John Lennon. And he said, it's just lonely. It's isolating. And you don't have that, that feedback, um, that sounding board. And I, I thought that's, that's, that's very interesting because that's, that's like a healthy way to deal with whatever the nature of creating, you know, it's usually isolated in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and being antisocial or whatever. I mean, I hate, I'm not antisocial, but I don't know. Perhaps like introverted might be a good okay. word for it, you know? If you said I was antisocial, I've had people say I was antisocial or. I don't think you're antisocial. The whole reason that we're engaging is because you've reached out to me on multiple true. occasions to, uh, true. you know, collaborate on these conversations and to, you know, help yeah. promote your work. Yeah. That's not antisocial at all. There is that. Yeah. There's that element too, to be, to be out there to, and I was thinking about that. I mean, that's a lot. It's a tall order sometimes to do all that. Like, like you, like anybody listening that. You know, I don't know if there's no like solution here, but it's just, yeah, I mean, the normal world is sometimes frightening to me to be, I mean, I'm single at the moment. I have been in relationships in the past. All my friends are married. Sounds like a song. (laughs) (laughs) All my friends are married. (laughs) Yeah. It's true. And I'm like, that is fine. That's great. I I love all my married friends. They're great. Um, And yeah, in some ways, the, you get do you, do you get this question like, so how's the music going, or so how's the podcast going? Totally, I I I get those questions a lot from people, and you know, there's always like, so what have you been up to? Yeah, you know, and I understand that that question's coming from a genuine place of curiosity, but if I answer that question genuinely, <laughs> they're gonna be there way longer than they want to be. Exactly. But if I answer it like half-heartedly. Then it comes off as though I don't want to have a conversation with this person. Yeah. But also I overanalyze every single situation in my life and I make it way worse than it needs to be. You know, maybe somebody doesn't care if I talk to them for five minutes about all the things that I've been doing. I just really like have such a low value of my social worth, which probably stems from like some weird childhood trauma shit that I can't even process, right? I got one. <laughs> Not childhood trauma, yeah. but you know, it's just like it's wild, I right? Like, I have a really yeah. hard time socializing with people in a way that I feel is like natural. And it's all just in my head. It's just in my brain. I I relate to that and you know, I have family that have asked me point blank, you know, have you made money playing music? It's such a weird question. And it's, it like, is that's weird. The, but that's then, the point. Then like my, God, you know, bless my family. They're great people. But that, that's a, it's a person, it's a person, it's a personal relationship. That's a super direct question. I mean, and I, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've made some money playing music, uh, acoustic gigs, the guy at the bar playing covers. That's a new thing for me. Um, but to your your point, like 
that's just like, that's, well, that's a decision that I made for like an extra bit of income. But, but, but it's just the tip of the iceberg. But that's like, not why you're doing it. Yeah, like the, the, it, the question shouldn't be, do you make money playing music? The question should be, are you happy? Yeah, exactly. And I never get that question. Like, <laughs> well, I do get it from people that care. But that's about the it. thing. It's just like, are you having, are you enjoying yourself in the limited time that we have to exist on this spinning rock that's in the galaxy? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you can only do so much with money. I know plenty of people with a lot of money that are fucking miserable to be around. Yeah, and money, I know more, plenty more of people that problems. are broke that have like, they, they're, it's, but again, to people that don't have those creative outlets or people who maybe have spent so much of their life connecting like their happiness to a monetary value, it's really hard to get in their head. Yeah. And also and it, sometimes people tend to be a little bit bitter too. Like if you can be, happy with less it's like they need to find some way to be like to like that's bring it. you down yeah. you know what i mean bring you down to their level yeah I'm not saying that your family's like it's that. already it's just I, like connected, I, I, I gotta right? say i mean it's almost like you know enlightening somebody to there, there's like this implied humble nature to somebody you know i mean there are exceptions people that maybe get out the guitar you know there's always the guy with the guitar you know, college campfires. <laughs> and I always like people playing instruments. I don't have. You might have one exception here and there where it's just overbearing. Sure. But, it, but it's like a humble sort of practice to, to try to connect with people with an instrument. It's very difficult to do, and um, that's what I strive for. Well, and it's like, yeah, you could make money doing that, but you're probably not. Like that's in my mind. That's where I'm kind of starting with it. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's really cool about your music that I've engaged with is it like, it's really easy to like talk at someone or to talk with someone mm -hmm. and music is a conversation. And I feel like a lot of your music is opening up a conversation to actually open up like a line of dialogue with the listener. Like you're inviting them into a conversation and you want the listener to sit down and be a part of the song with you. And there are other people that write songs where it's like, you're not a part of this. This is my story and I'm just going to yell it at you. And you just have to take the information. Wow. You know what I mean? I, I, I do. I thank you. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a compliment in a sincere way. I appreciate that. I, I've never thought about it like that. And I, I think you're right. I think it, putting questions in songs is something that I tend to do like yeah. in a lyric. Um. Yeah, and I, it is, it is, it is like, it is that, and I, I go to great lengths with the more like the production ends of things, and you know, even learning how to like play in a microphone and sing into a microphone and play in time, all that stuff. Sure, there's a lot that to, goes into to it. Try to achieve what you just said, like that. It's like a space. People can you can like a room. You can walk into a room. Like having that in your, your yeah, headphones. There's a really wild world when like you start digging into like not necessarily like how to write a song or how to play an instrument, but like why are you writing this song? Why are you playing this instrument? Why are you choosing this rhythm, this chord, this melody? Mm -hmm. Not the like, yeah, it's it's and there's a lot of yeah, there's just a lot of nuance in that that I think gets overlooked. You know, going back to like a John Lennon, Paul McCartney thing, right? Um, a lot of people feel however they feel about the Beatles, you know? Um, I have a lot of respect for the Beatles. 
I don't necessarily go out of my way to listen to the Beatles a whole lot, but I respect them as creators. Mm-hmm. The amount that they, the fact that their entire discography spans like less than a decade is mind blowing to really think <laughs> about like how much happened in such a short period of time. But the thing that I think is interesting about the Beatles is not only did they become like pretty much ground zero for anything that we can consider pop culture today, right? Like they're like one of the first, like we're doing something creative and now people want toys and posters and lunchboxes and they're talking about it everywhere. And, you know, it's a worldwide phenomenon wild. Right. But also since there was no blueprint or there was nobody that had really done what they did prior, there was also no expectations that they had to meet other than their own. And I think that sometimes as a songwriter, it's almost impossible nowadays to start writing something and not think like, oh, this kind of sounds like this Radiohead song, or this sounds like that Tame Impala song, or this sounds like that Beatles song. Uh-huh. Like maybe that's cool. Maybe that's a bad thing. And maybe you start shifting your expectations or like shifting your direction as a result of art that other people have created. Yeah. John Lennon and Paul McCartney didn't really have to deal with that back then. It's just very much like your first idea is your best idea and they could just roll with it. Yeah. And, and I just watched this, this documentary and I mean, it's not like I, li- I listened, I watched a documentary and I'm changed my mind entirely about the Beatles. I, I, I should bring up something that's like counter to your point. I, I, I do think they're creatively a creative phenomenon. Like the, and I, I, I do, I do like the Beatles, but not in a, in a way that I think some people are fanatical about all their music and things like that. So I'm more like appreciate them. Um, but yeah, having you're they're the pioneers of for for you know guitar, bass, drum, singing, singing uh, rock and roll, like. I mean, in a, in a pop culture sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, having all the influences and then tying that together and then presenting themselves as this kind of polished, you know, group from the um, Liverpool. Yes. It's it is the marketing element, the the branding, the I mean, I don't know. I don't get off on tangent, but the Elvis in a similar sense. There's that. There's I watched two documentaries, movies, and recently the Elvis movie, and then this Get Back documentary that's on whatever disney um which i went on my way to, to watch because a lot of people were were like you gotta watch this and the yeah it's contrived in a way that the machinery behind the beatles i don't know if this is like blasphemous but there's so many people behind the scenes that oh, are absolutely. doing stuff that's pushing them further and further to this p- pinnacle yeah when you're dealing of, with something on a scale like that, it's always just the what's happening behind the curtain is far more complex than you'll ever realize. You know, yeah, like it's like the people that like, you know, like, oh, new movie from acclaimed director, whoever. Right. It's like, sure. I'm not going to sit here and say that Steven Spielberg isn't a great film director, but also his movies wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for the other people on his team helping him bring that vision to life. Regardless of whether or not they're bringing that vision under his direction, there's still skill sets that those people need to have and develop over time in order to take his direction and apply it in, you know, apply it to whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I've always been kind of um, 
as a film person, I do understand the power of a director. And if there's, there are certain directors that I'm gladly like, yeah, I will support anything that that director does, but I hate like the director worship idea thing. I guess like bringing it back to music, you can kind of get the same thing from like a producer, you know, like, Oh, this record was produced by whoever. And it's like, yeah. yeah, sure. To some degree, that person has a great like taste for curating the talents of others. But still, like you can't just put it all on their shoulders. It's really not fair. Yeah, I got to ask you. So, who, who are your top directors? And top movie directors. Movie directors. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty complicated situation to answer, right? Because there's so many different kinds of movies. Uh, some people that would come to mind immediately would be like a like a Robert Zemeckis. Okay. You know, Back to the Future. That kind of guy. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, all that stuff's pretty good. And then you can get completely on the opposite end of things. David Cronenberg, like a lot of the weird body horror stuff. I'm into that. Um, Fucking Robert Rodriguez. All the fun action stuff, you know, from uh, fucking, uh, what did he do? You got fucking El Mariachi to... Spy Kids, quite a uh, quite a, a a wide array of things there. Um, I don't know. John Favreau is great. I yeah. like all the the newer Star Wars stuff. Um, there's just fuck, you know. Uh, there's so many different kinds of movies. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's it's really hard to be like John Carpenter. God, I'm just going to start going off, you know. But I'm like, waiting for Scorsese, is he in there? So you know, I'm not. Like a huge fan of those style of movies. Okay. You know, I, I, I think I respect them in the same way that I might respect the Beatles. Okay. Like, I totally get it. I understand the power and the level of what you're doing. But like, I think that like most of the art that I engage with is pretty adolescent. You know, like I like, I, I like, I like. I like the same shitty new metal bands that I liked when I was 12 years old. I still, I mean, I'm I like the same way, you know, I, I mean, like the same dumb action comedy or gross horror movies. You know, I'm not like a big, um, which is like really funny because like, honestly, like I'm not a big like drama movie type person. And I'm also really not a big singer songwriter type person, you know, but as I've gotten older and like started to learn more and more about music, like there's people like Tom Petty that like I absolutely love, you know, but obviously I like more of his like rock based stuff, yeah. but still like a phenomenally vulnerable and genuine voice in the world of music. Yeah. Right. What do you, what do you think of, uh, cause I feel the same way. I, unfortunately, or when I say, unfortunately, I said that a couple of times, but I don't really sit around and listen to singer songwriter music. I actually like, more i would say i would say pop, pop rock melodic rock uh, i really like fright and rabbit okay i've seen them play i've seen a lot of bands i if you if you if you see me out and about i typically go to like live shows around town um i have a story about fright and rabbit i mean i i've saw i saw them twice um but that type of music's like i don't know what you call sometimes it goes in more emo kind of goes in the emo world because Blink-182 was like my was sure. my, my jam. You know, I was out in the, out in the tractor. I mean, it's pop rock. Cutting my parents' I mean, grass. Call, you, I, guess, I guess it's, it would be, yeah. it'd be silly not to call Blink-182 a pop punk band. But I still, yeah. I still like, in hindsight, I'd say they're pop punk aesthetically, but pop rock musically. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, people could argue me on that, but whatever. We're splitting and it, it's Yeah. <laughs> and it, in a lot of ways, like the, like the songwriter format, folk format, um, as popularized by all the, the greats, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it is a throwback in a lot of ways. It's very, it's usually lyrically kind of focused. And, and I, I, I've always thought like, I do spend time thinking about lyrics, although I admittedly, there are great examples of very vivid, informed lyrics. And it goes along with that director thing too. Like Scorsese is, I was just watching, well, I've watched a bunch of his movies, but he he directed a Shine a Light. It was a Rolling Stones documentary, which I like documentaries as well, but I was just watching Wolf of Wall Street again for like the millionth time. Not not just like, last, well, it was just last night. But anyway, I was he's sort of in the top of mind for me. But uh, he creates this, like the realism, like the dram- over-dramatized um, totally. realism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, that. I think that's kind of what I like because I kind of go to documentaries um, have you seen this one, Dig? No. It's this. Uh, it's it's from the early 2000s. It's um, focused on the Brian Jonestown massacre okay. and the Dandy Warhols. And I don't know. It's I've seen it a couple times, and it's one of these like moves, like uh, you know, Kanye West filmed himself in his early career. They had all this footage, like five years of footage of them, like on the come up, you know, touring. I can't tell if it's like acted or it's like they're actually sincere and it's all total bullshit or like this is like a real thing. It's like one of those. It's like sure. a, I've watched it twice and I'm like, I don't know. Good job. I mean, I don't know what to make of this. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's if you think about like um I've I've always gravitated towards um things that don't feel like reality when it comes to art you know what i mean like like if i'm in a museum like i do not give a fuck about like lifelike oil paintings okay but anything that's more abstract or animated or like taking like taking life and like making it super elastic and just like morphing it into something that it shouldn't be i find that so much more engaging you know, and I think that I find that in movies. I think that's why I like a lot of like weird like fantasy and sci-fi and over-the-top horror, unrealistic action, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Like, <laughs> fuck yeah, give me that all day. Just I love that. And also in music, you know, and I think maybe if on like a on a very deep level, that's always been my issue with singer-songwriter stuff. Or like even anything that's like maybe too serious, like if it's too much of a reflection of the real world, yeah. it's just like this isn't escapism for me. Now I'm just engaging kinda, with the real world in a different way. Yeah, I felt that. But it's not to dismiss any of that. Yeah. I just know what I like and what I don't like. You know, like I like, um, you know, I like my eggs scrambled. I don't like them dippy. That's the <laughs> metaphor, I guess. It's all eggs. Yeah, it's all yeah, music. Yeah. I just like it a different way. Yeah. Yeah, I just... I've 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 done a lot of listening to people play acoustic, you know, acoustic songwriters. I've I've kind of like over time sought out either acoustic music or going to open mics. That was a big thing for me for a long time, and uh, learning to, to get a better idea of how to play a solo instrument, I guess. And um, sometimes it's not the best environment to try to do that because just people drinking and 
flat, sure. loud and people aren't paying attention anyway. Um, but I did, I have learned something. I don't, I have to think about what I've learned about that sitting there and thinking, okay, am I enjoying this? I mean, it depends. For me, it's like, I, sometimes it could be super boring. Sometimes it could be, I, I, sometimes it's just an idea. I'm like, wow, that they came up with this idea. It's really interesting. And it's not like, I'm going to go like run away and write it down. It's like, I just appreciate it because it's, it, you're kind of working with the, the minimum, you know, it's, it's kind of a minimalist thing. You get a guitar or whatever, guitar, harmonica. Um, and, uh, not that it's any better. You're right. It's still eggs. It's, it's not, sometimes yeah. it's not even that entertaining, well, but I, it's, it's a, it's a practice. People that are really good at it, almost like maybe a painting or something, you can tell like people are like, oh, this guy's been, or this woman's been, whoever has been playing in front of people. They engage the sure. audience. They really feel something. And yeah, there's like, there's so many ways to go it, about that. It goes back to that question of like, okay, you know how to play your instrument. You know how to perform, but like, why are you doing this? That's a good, you, you know, yeah. Uh, is like this, what compels is, people to, to, to go and, or, yeah, it's like, are you really trying ah, to share a, a story with people? Are you trying to engage in a human moment with other people? I, or is this like a, you've come to see me. This is all about me. I've tried it's to not get about around us. that. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, don't, I, feel like, I, I never like, well, I, I shy away from it so much that I, 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 would, I would hate to think that's, that's the point. Because I, I well, don't think it's the point. Well, it's probably not. The, well, it's the thing is it's. The answer is going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I, I think about my answer. I gravitate so much more towards people that are, I'm here to do this for the entire room. Like I am an entertainer and I'm here to entertain. And I want everybody that has decided to spend their time in this space to feel like satisfied as a result of my 20 minutes of stage time, you yeah. know? And I think there are some people that perform. I've seen these people that just genuinely do not give a fuck or respect the audience's time or respect their attention. You know, it's just like, I'm we should here. dive into that. I'm here. <laughs> they're going to watch me and whatever. I don't care. And it's just like, okay, good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah, my, my why is complicated, but I'm sort of arriving at what, the, the why I haven't, you know, play an instrument and things like that, uh, put all the time in to do whatever, <laughs> um, is this, it's almost like being attached to something. Like I feel like I have, I don't know if I'm laying the cat out of the bag of just being honest as attachment to the idea through the instrument. And doing this thing, what's like this little trick of trying to be like the Scorsese or being like the compelled enough to 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 portray the song idea as real as I can, yeah, and not be thinking about oh my god, am I am I good or people here to see me? I mean, it's it's this it, playing the acoustic in a in a in a busy social environment like kind of the entertainment. Music, so to speak, just background music, is interesting too because, like, for me, I've I've done that a couple of times, and it's you get this weird perspective on everything. It's like almost the best things to do is to kind of not totally blend in with the background, but just become part of it. 
And I think in a, in a way, some people just kind of walk away and think, oh, that was relaxing or that was a nice way to spend, you know, Saturday or Sunday. And I, I the, the idea of attachment to the instrument, portraying the idea, that's like why I'm doing it. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's much more to it than that. Also, I want to make, this another thing is I don't, it's, people see me play, the intentionality of it is I want to make a believer out of somebody that there is something worth listening to. Sure. That's great. <laughs> no, I totally get it. I think that a lot of musicians get hung up in their head that people give a fuck about them. They just care about the songs. Sure. There are some people that are into musicians, but there are a lot of people that have favorite bands and they can't name every member of the band. They could tell you the songs mm-hmm. and maybe they know the singer's name. Or they might know the drummer if it's a band with like a popular drummer. But for the most part, the average person, well, who's your favorite band? Tell me the name of every single person in that band. And I don't know. I just know the songs. And it's like no different than going out to a restaurant. Like, oh, I'm going to get a cheeseburger. Do you think about who made my cheeseburger? Sure. Maybe there are some restaurants with celebrity chefs or things like that where you're like, oh, this was a burger made by fucking Guy Fieri or something. I don't fucking know. But for the most part, it's like, oh, it's a burger. And music's just like, oh, this is a song that I like. I'm going to sit here and listen to the song. You know, who you are is an afterthought. Yeah, that's that That's that David, Especially Bo- when David they, Bowie thing. Yeah. Or like, he's somebody I'm like, that's... And it's a lot of things. You know, it's like that. It's it's so farther down the road. But to, 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 to uh, compile or cobble together, like, um, just a starting point for anybody that's listening that wants to pick up a guitar and or start a band, I, which I kind of was thinking about talking about this is I have played in bands and this same sort of phenomenon early on, I played in, I played music in Pittsburgh for a oh, better part of 10 years. I started playing the guitar and I found some people on Craigslist to, to, to form a band. And um, it was just basically like a, like a garage band. And, you know, we played shows and we, kind of more adventurous creatively. It just turned into this R&B kind of rock fusion band. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm still friends with Will, guitarist, and Mark plays bass and Verbs um, and Ben. And it was like the, the the core of us. But that that idea of playing music at all started with that band for me. And it was nothing more than like, I, I had a guitar, not even like, a real electric guitar. I was like, didn't really even have an amp. And I was like, okay, I'm going to Craigslist. I'm going to join a band. And I haven't, in a retrospect, like I haven't, I haven't looked back since. It's been a, a point in my life. I, you know, I, was, I actually think about the time that I decided to do that. And I was, I don't know. I was, it was kind of this going towards whatever I'm doing now, like 10 years later, it's just taking, not that it, it's any different. Maybe it's the same Maybe it's the same deal, but I thought by picking up an instrument, playing music with people, writing songs, that um, that that it would kind of fill this void that I had by just doing what I mean. Doing I I don't know. It's not me versus everybody else that does everything else. It's this decision, and uh, it's kind of like it kind of has this addictive quality to it. You just kind of keep going. I don't know. 
Well, sure. And I, I was mean, like, I don't, if I stopped, I would still play anyway. You find something that you enjoy doing and like you want to do it again. You know, that's. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's, it's fun. Really, and sometimes it sucks, but. Total. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's the human experience. It's so easy to overcomplicate the human experience. Like, you know, society through the decades has made life way more complicated than it needs to be. You know, like, uh, however we all ended up here on this planet, we were born with the things that we need to survive as long as we can, right? You know, live off the land, all of that sort of stuff. There was plenty of people that lived for hundreds of years before, um, you know, W-2s were a thing. <laughs> so, but now it's like so much, you know, there's all of these uh, predetermined things from, you know, the past several decades. It's like, oh, now we need to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P to just get to the QRSTUV, yeah. you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, so when you start deciding to do something selfish and like it's something that, you're creating it's like you're doing something for yourself it's like this uh maybe we're tapping into this like human instinct that we don't really get to engage with in other ways because we're not like farming our own crops anymore at least on like a, a, a normal scale or like you know needing to build our own fires to get heat and light and all yeah. of those sort of things right like we don't a lot of things are done for us and the way that we acquire those things is by doing things for other people to make uh, digital money yeah. or paper money to trade for those things, right? Yeah. I'm not but creativity is one of the few things now that we can just like generate from nothing and do for ourselves and feel fulfilled in that like yeah. human nature sort of way. I, I think this is funny because I, oh, I don't know. It's not funny, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm the most, I would say I'm the most miserable man in uh, Lawrenceville. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this episode. <laughs> no, I, 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 I want to say, well, sometimes I'm a, I'm a curmudgeon, but I've ended, I've lived in Lawrenceville. I mean, for, for how long? About two years. Okay. I guess so it doesn't you take have any, long. any questions, let me know. I mean, <laughs> most miserable man in Lawrenceville. Uh, <laughs> And I've run into people, and I, 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 I'm, I'm a nice guy. Like sometimes it, I get kind of thrown off. I, I like interacting with, you know, the Thunderbirds. Awesome, I love it. I've gone down there. Always run into like some, some people I might know. Um, but you know, nine times out of ten, maybe I'm just kind of walking around thinking like, oh my god, the rent price is like, you know, who are these people that? You know, that that suburban flood every weekend. Totally, and, uh, totally. I get it. I get and it. And it's like, I I didn't move there from, to my defense. <laughs> I didn't move there because in my late 30s here, I, I wanted to... It is a pretty cool part of the city. Yeah, that's the thing. There's a lot going on. I think that it's really easy to, like, poo-poo suburban city, like, Lawrenceville-type places and get, like, annoyed with younger people i don't know what that is but like i feel we gotta we gotta save it dude 
Well, I mean, what safe. fucking people have fun, you know? Yeah, like, but my idea of fun is different. Like, like, yeah, sure. My kind of fun is different, too. <laughs> my idea of fun's a lot different. Than sure. My, my idea of fun isn't, you know, walking down the street 1130 at night, dodging drunk college people, you know, like that's I get it. But listen, it's like that's the, just the rent prices. Of, the rent prices are too. Sure. Too damn high. Sure. Sure. And sure. You, you know who you are out there. Sure. I mean, you know, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, it, I try. that's made me bitter though. I like, get it. I, I get it. You know, gentrification. And yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not freaking new. It's like, and I, the friends that I talk to, I do say this a lot. I figure why not just say, it, you know, like um, the people, this is the silver line. The people that I've met, my neighbor, Tim is a visual artist and uh, he actually does, he does, he's doing a mural right now on the side of Walter's which is this barbecue place. Mm-hmm. His name's Tim Kelly. I just talked to him. I was like, I'll give him a shout out on the podcast. But he, he's um, he's my neighbor in this apartment building. The rents, when I moved in and now are 40% higher. I wasn't happy. that When that happened, I started to be like, this is like, it's like messed up. Nevertheless, I, we had this artistic thread that, you know, we're both in the, in the creative um, worlds. And um, yeah, he has a he, his art his art displayed down in Inkwell Coffee on Butler. And he's a nice guy, and I've talked to him about you know like this idea of like you know balancing your life. He's a big visual, you know, painting, oil painting, acrylic painting, murals. Yeah, and that balancing act. And he's a cool guy to um, to connect with. And um, I don't know, that makes me less of a curmudgeon because because I'm like well. It's not reassuring that there are people like that around. In a way, it's it's like it doesn't matter well, one way or another. But yeah. I like knowing that there are people. It's like I don't want the whole thing to turn this into like a, a hippie commie. I mean, this but. is sure. Well, this is the thing, right? It wouldn't like, be bad if it was. I know. I can't tell you how many times I've been out with my homies. Maybe have, you know, a Some few mellow mantis. Have a few hundred, <laughs> few hundred beers, a few thousand shots. And then all of a sudden, I'm the obnoxious fuck walking down Butler Street. But I'm just with my homies having a good time. And that's the thing. is just like there are definitely people that are just obnoxious for the sake of being obnoxious. People that me or you might never get along with. Yeah. But I think most people, yeah. and I firmly believe this, are pretty cool people. Most people just want to engage with other people regardless of what their interests are. And sure, maybe they might not be able to relate with me or you in terms of like creativity stuff, but most people were passionate about something. Like it's made me like so much more more empathetic to people that are into like like sports or yeah. hunting or some weird shit. It's like if you have something that you're passionate about, like that's still cool. That's yeah, interesting, that's, you know? Because it makes you fucking happy. It goes back to that question. Like, I, like, it's like, I'm not going to judge you because, like, you're fucking drunk at a football game. It's like, are you having a good time? Cool. I'm having a great time, you know, playing some show for 20 kids or something like that. It's like, let's just be happy yeah. and embrace each other's that's, joy. That's a that's a good way to put it. Because I, I don't feel like it is this adversarial thing. It's more like, just because I choose to do this with my time and present myself out in social situations as maybe a bit introverted or whatever, you know, I could have done anything in a social environment. You know, if I find some friends to hang out with, sometimes, you know, that's hard to do because everyone's busy, but um, it, 
it's not comparing it's not comparing our 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 hands, you know, like poker hands. Like my cards aren't any better than yours. Just because everybody and their brothers deciding to go get shit faced on, you know, Butler yeah. Street. Yeah. It doesn't let mean, them have fun. <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're any worse. Um, but uh, uh, worse off than me or on a, on a given day. But um, I, maybe we can end on, I don't know. I don't know which time of it, but do you have any. I don't want to say just have a non-kumbaya moment, but do you think there are parts of the city that the, the more so the entertainment nightlife options as like live music, things like that, that cultivate a a bad environment for people? Like, like I'll, I'll just the name South it. Side the seems South, a little like, frightening I'm, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of tiptoeing <laughs> on the South Side, but the thing about it is to add some context to this and not be like oh this place sucks or whatever these people suck that's not what I'm trying to say like it is this trend of and I would say like DJs or electronic music but it's it's this kind of thing that's just been this, it's 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 the type of music and the type of scene that's been persistent for 10 years plus DJs it's even the same damn music in a lot of cases, super loud. It's not even modern. It's like, it's, I'm not going like this genre or that genre. I don't know why it's like that. I guess it, in your opinion, I'm asking your opinion, is it is it like that in other cities? Do you, do you think this oh, is like... I'm sure it's it, like that is, in other cities. Is there cities. a savior to this? Like live well, music's a savior to this? You know, or? okay, let's, let's say this. Say like, there's kind of like that trope. Like when you're young, there's kind of, and you're just turning 21 i didn't live through this because i was a bit of a dork but i think there's a lot of people that like kind of romanticize the idea of going out and getting into trouble okay oh uh, yeah 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 i agree and you know you'll have like you know there's also the environment of maybe like not to like gender things but there's probably girls that like to go out and they're like i don't want to pay for a single drink and there's a group of guys that are going out that are just like, well, I'm going out because and, and I want to take somebody home. Take, okay, I would say take a trash can and throw it on top of a car. <laughs> sure. That, well, that's what happens when they don't get the girl. They go, they, you know, they, they go into like I'm gonna destructive mode. I'm going to this lamp, this yeah. light fixture. Totally, totally. And it's <laughs> it's super duper toxic, right? And those, yeah, those yeah, kinds yeah. of places always exist. I think one of the things that happened with Southside was that um, – it gets to a point where am I trying to cultivate a genuine community or am I trying to make money? And I think these bars see lines wrapped around the block to get into the place that's across the street, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody's coming into their place. And it's like, well, what are they doing? Oh, okay. Well, they have fucking DJs and these drink specials and all this. So they start copycatting the place across the street mm-hmm. so they can get people. And then the next place does yeah. it. Then the next place does it. And the next thing you know, there's a two block radius of East Carson street where it's all the same club is because they just want to make money. They just want to stay afloat. They have bills to pay, blah, 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 blah. And it's like the what's going on inside doesn't really matter to them. They don't care if it's like, a rock band or a DJ. They just want to make sure the room's full. They want to sell overpriced drinks and they want to make money off of the covers and, you know, then all the ridiculous stuff like bottle service and VIP and all that stuff that they could charge an insane amount of money for people in that environment are willing to spend money because spending money is a 
social status. Meanwhile, like the rock community, it's the complete opposite. It's like, I want to go out to the show. I want to pay no more than five bucks to get in. I want like 250 PBRs. Yeah. And like, you might get people and out. I even, it goes to, I mean, but the bar's not making money. Yeah. Or just leave when I want. That's another thing. Sometimes I just like, oh, I, this is fun. I'm just yeah. going to leave. So and, and it's, it, it's not a long haul getting shit faced I'm gonna, for, for five plus hours. <laughs> I just want to, I want to put this on record and say this. And I say this in jest a little bit. Um, but uh, part of me also genuinely thinks, did you hear about what happened at Foxtail? Okay, yeah, this is good. I'm glad you brought this up. I, there was some, okay, so I, whatever. I don't have, there's not much story. I, I'm, a, I'm a computer at work and you get, you're on the MSN homepage. I, I'm like, you know, whatever. This is pretty, pretty <laughs> relatable. I'm like, why? I don't know if I'm getting local articles. So I read this blurb and I was like, okay, maybe it was like a shooting. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and it's like a lewd activity. And I'm like, oh shit, like, why am I looking at, why am I on this work computer reading this? But I that I gleaned into it. Don't know the details. They I did see they they released this statement that was the the owners, which I thought was either a joke or something was not the best way to word the reason that they're closing. It was something like we, sure okay. So sure. like other paraphrase, but we don't our customer base is less than ideal or something. <laughs> I didn't see that. It's in. But, it's in. Yeah. Like the, no. Uh, so th- this is my hot take on the foxtail situation. Like okay. that place is what it is. That place is not for me. Um, I I think that's probably by far not even close to the wildest thing that's happened in that building in the past <laughs> ten years. But and this is where my wild take comes in. I think it's easily the coolest thing that th- that building has done in ten <laughs> years. That is the. It's kind of it's wild it's really unhinged but it's also kind of rad i'm also very much into um the idea of people that are very comfortable with their bodies and their sexuality okay. and just kind of putting it all out there i support I heard the there energy was a, there was a bottle involved uh-huh. I su- okay I, I don't know i support the energy i support the spirit it's I a do, little I wild don't... it looked when i saw the video it looked like the sun was out so that's kind of like video some, of this oh yeah there's video oh my god it's kind of uh well that's how it got that that's the reason why yeah. it blew up because somebody fucking like posted it on like snapchat or tiktok or some somebody posted it somewhere uh, <laughs> the funniest thing about the video is like you see the activity happening and then like standing in the background there's just a security guard and he's like no <laughs> he's just like hey no, all right. like, that ain't it no it's so funny but yeah I don't know <laughs> it's a little wild but also like I'm not mad about it and I don't think it's really any reason to close a place down especially considering I know with confidence that that is far from the grossest thing that has happened in that building yeah I I'm sure they'll I be. I'm sure they'll open back up in three months. Yeah, isn't it really not the worst thing that can happen? To be honest, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, like legitimately, like I mean, I understand it's not like a strip club or anything like that, but yeah, it is. But there are rules. You can't. There are even, rules. Even in strip clubs, I mean, you can't. You can't do that stuff. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, what you can, what you can't do and what happens are two different things. <laughs> it's really just the unfortunate situation that somebody put it out on yeah. the internet. I'm sure that kind of stuff was happening all the time. Honestly. Yeah. And I'm sure that's not the only place where that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, it was a little wild, though. It's a little well, unhinged. I mean, yeah, it's like, I'm, I, I don't know where my stance is on any of this stuff. <laughs> 
I was saying, like, should, yeah, should mean, there be better law enforcement you, in the South Side? I don't know. If you, it's not yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 the type of thing that, like, you know, if this happened at, like, um, <laughs> I don't know, like tw- tw- two so, in the afternoon. I mean, it did look like the sun was out, so I will say that <laughs> in the video, it does look like the sun's out. But um, was this on the roof? Yeah, I think it was on the roof. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the little 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 rooftop. Um, Wow. Splash party. I, guess that, we'll I mean, this, this does remind me of Wolf of Wall Street. I was just watching, you know, the the antics. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel that, like, the thing with places like that, I mean, really, it's the perfect example of the environment that the South Side business owners and bars, that's the community that they created. That's the I, community yeah. that they curated that's to the f- allow people to feel comfortable enough for that to happen as a result of them just allowing like somewhat like the debauchery is only going to go. It's only going to escalate. Right. Yeah. Like nobody I, like nobody brings things down themselves. You know, like music has gotten more extreme over the years. Movies have gotten more extreme over the years. You could say you hear sorts of you hear bad words on TV humor, now. Humor in some yeah, ways. Like, humor has been like this. We get into humor, but like, what's permissible, what isn't permissible? Not that it's yeah. Ex- I, I've, I've, I'm like, uh, I'm sure you have comedians on podcasts, but yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, humor is you can go, Every, you can go way over yeah the the ledge on everything all the goes in extremes, like, and it's like, you know, to be honest, uh, you know, it's like, you know, there's people getting, you know, physically assaulted in the South Side all the time, people. Uh, fights. I'm sure there's all sorts of, um, you know, like, like violent activities and sexual activities and all this sort of chaos going on as a result of what they've allowed to sort of fester. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like a, it's like, I've, a, I've, it's I've like a, an open wound. I've always thought it was like anti-cultural, and and I this is going. This is not that's even, interesting. Not even recent. I mean, I I've always thought this, and I I've talked is is kind of early on with with the band there, there that I was talking about where um, the one guy verbs was, was an MC. So he would do hip hop shows and one, one one or two conversations in particular, we were like thinking about, you know, the heyday of like, you know, Carson street, there were, there were music venues, you know, and I mean, there were music venues kind of throughout Pittsburgh, strip district, Oakland, things like that. That in a way that we were always kind of talking and referring to when it was cooler and then for the record, like, I feel like I've been in the South Side years ago and it's much cooler than it is now. And that's not saying much. But even then it was like, well, what what, what would be good for music, you know, here? Like, would it be a music venue? Would it be less bars with, you know, shitty DJs, shitty DJs or just sort of this, <laughs> it comes down this money. kind of like it comes- re- recycled, uh, you know, people that aren't changing their playlist. It's for, money. It's money. Yeah. Business owners, bars, they don't give a fuck what's happening in yeah. their club as long as it's making money. And it's just been this thing where, like, you know, the price of everything in the world has gone up, but so many people are still like flabbergasted if you're charging more than five or 10 bucks for a show. And I get it. It's like, okay, maybe the concept of paying 20 bucks to see your friends play at some bar in the South Side seems absurd. Mm-hmm. But you know, you're going to spend 20 bucks on two drinks. And it's like that 20 bucks is like, you know, the venue's going to get some of that. All of the bands are going to get some of that. And like actually like a decent amount of money. 
I mean, you give five bucks, you know what I mean? It's like the bar and all the bands might get a buck from each person that comes in. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, so what you're saying is I'm willing to give the talent. I'm willing to come to this show and pay everybody $1, but then go to the bar and spend $10 on drinks and drink like five or six drinks. Like I'm willing to spend $1 on talent, $60 at the bar. Yeah, That's a I, crazy percentage I, I, difference. I, and people don't think about it like that because people are for the most part unintentionally, but still selfish. I, I could be wrong with this because I'm kind of going back in my memory, but there was, I did go to one of those venues right on Cars. I think it was Nick's Fat City actually. One time. I never went to Laga. I, I, I was definitely of the age range to go to Laga. I just wasn't in the area then. Um, I don't know. It's almost a business decision because I, I recall it was like, yeah, you pay like 10 bucks to get in. And it, there's like, a, it, I don't, it's like just weird, you know, memories of it. But I remember there was like a rock band. It was cool. They sounded, you know, band sounded cool. And I think everyone's walking around with like, you know, plastic, you know, solo cups that was just filled with watered down, you know, well drinks. Yeah. And that that was it. But it, maybe that's just the business model, the owners, and that's what they wanted to kind of pull off. Well, and it was, it, it had this, well, the live music thing's cool to me. And then it was like, you're socializing and it's not, yeah. it's not I like mean, I'm prescribing how to socialize, but it's like, yeah, sometimes sketchy environments create prior that well prior to any sort of like dramatic inflation like we've seen happen over like the past decade if not more um it wasn't probably as expensive to run a place like you could charge 10 bucks at the door charge you know whatever four or five bucks for drinks and make money but everything has gotten so much more expensive over time that these bars need to charge so much more to generate a profit. And also, I'm not too sure how um, like social media ties into things, but I think that before having this access to like constantly post every single thing that you're doing on like Instagram or TikTok or whatever every second of the day, our bubbles were smaller. So we weren't necessarily thinking about what the outside world is doing. And I think a lot of the wild activity that you see people doing is a result of, well, they want to have the craziest stories. They want to have the craziest Instagram reels to share with people on the internet. Yeah. And then somebody else sees it. Like, oh, you see some crazy shit that somebody did in, you know, like Chicago, like some famous TikTok person, you know, do like, they do a fun bottle trick, maybe. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and you're like, well, I'm going to do that. I'm glad and this I'm is gonna, like, and I'm this gonna, is like the focal, the ending focal uh-huh. point of this podcast. I'm going to do this. It's really, <laughs> it's really like in a similar way, like the way that maybe sometimes musicians get influenced by like, you go out to see a show and you see somebody has like cool lights and you're like, fuck, I want cool lights for my show. Yeah. You know, somebody that is really into like bar culture and that sort of scene is like, oh fuck, I saw all these girls go out and do this crazy like trend thing or cause this ruckus. I want to go out with my friends and cause a ruckus too. I think that now that we're so connected to all of the chaos that everybody's doing, people feel influenced to one up it and keep one upping it because everybody needs to be like the best or the craziest or the loudest or the most popular. I want likes and followers and social media grind. I don't think it's 100% why things are the way they are, but you Nobody could fucking tell me that it's not at least part of it. It's definitely part of it. It's, yeah, it's I, I think, I mean, because you see it, I think a lot of music is ruined as a result of that too. I think a lot of people are creating things and doing things online 
just because they want to get more followers for what? Like there's so many musician friends that I have that have started like TikTok accounts and that's not a platform for musicians as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a platform to, you could do music on it for sure, but it's not for like, I don't know. It's its own thing. And I see so many artists that are like taking time away from like what they are good at Mm -hmm. to try to create content for TikTok. And it's not them. It feels contrived. It feels fake. And it's just like, it just seems like it's a distraction, like a genuine distraction from what I think they genuinely want to do. And the only reason that they're engaging with is because, well, I want more followers. I want more likes. Well, yeah. And if it's you like, go, but if you go viral on TikTok, you could, you could feed that into your, well, your catalog of music and get freaking, you know, maybe a billion plays and maybe, whatever. Maybe. LimeWire. <laughs> maybe. But if you like, yeah. I feel like that could happen with any platform. That's the thing. It's like, you know, if you make fucking like introspective four or five minute songs, but you get viral off of like, you know, 30 second clips on TikTok, the transition of, you know, people that are going to give a fuck about what you do outside of TikTok is so small. You know, I have a really good friend um, who is very, very popular on TikTok. All things considered. Not not a band. It's not a music thing. But they got popular off of a genuine thing. Like they were doing one style of videos, but it's not all that person does. And now that person is trying to branch out onto other social media platforms, websites, video stuff. And it's really hard for them to grow and outside of anything because the people that are following them on TikTok only want to see that one specific thing. Even if they do something outside of that specific thing on the platform, it's like that people don't engage with it. People know. And it's like like, this this sensory thing. Like it's like, like it's going, oh no, they're straying away from whatever they did. Yeah. It's like, do you want to get, it's like, sure. You want to be popular, but do you want to be popular for something that you're not? Or now do you just want to have to consistently wear this mask to feed into this thing that people like, but it's not actually what you want to do. And uh, I don't know. I see a lot of my friends, that are like starting to dip into some of those social media distractions where it's just like, I'm not mad at you for doing whatever you want to do, but it's just like the, again, back to the, sure, you can do this. You know how to do it, but why? Yeah. Why do this? Is it actually beneficial for your long-term goal? What is your long-term goal? Just to make, just to make meet friends and get popular on the internet, regardless of your content. Because if that's the case, there's much easier ways to do it than trying to be a songwriter. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you want to get popular, you can just go down the South side and stick a bottle in yourself and you'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be famous. <laughs> famous in no time. I'm just saying there's easier ways to get popular than being an artist. If that's yeah, really what you care about. About goals too. Like it's not, it's, and I've fallen into this trap in ways, various ways is that like, it's not a good goal. I, I don't feel like any goal, any goal t- tied to quantity, whether that's plays or views or things like that. And I, 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 in a way, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this in a self-critical way. It's, it's, it's good to, pro- it's good to promote your music, almost as much as you can, as long as it's not, you know, intrusive or wrong in some way or a stunt or hurting people, you know, whatever. Totally. There's a lot of it's it's a lot of leeway with that. You can I feel like people can do what they want, and then 
in terms of goals though, like a good goal to me is I wrote down some goals and these are just my goals, but um, recording, you know, this many songs this year or um, I don't know if that's even a, I, I did write that down. Um, <laughs> oh, recording with multiple producers, studios. Oh, cool. Um, which I've, I've gotten to do that. Um, uh, trying to, to, to tie that to achievable goals like with, Sending music to I sent I sent um, music to playlist curators, Spotify curators, YouTube curators, and the one one song that I just recorded was picked up by a YouTube curator who has this channel of like seventy thousand people, and he makes these. I think it's he or she, I don't really know, but he um his name is Mr. Fox, <laughs> but it's this Canadian so, uh, Canadian <laughs> blogger. Shout out Mr. Fox, and he put my song close to me on his playlist. And it's just kind of like relaxing, well-curated, nice image music. And he goes to great lengths to select, you know, the music that he puts on there. So like, those are like, those are like tangible goals. They're not like, I want to get 15,000 followers on TikTok. Although that would be nice. I mean, it would be nice to have 20,000 whatever followers on Instagram. Sure. I don't know what it would mean, to be honest with you. I guess in some ways, if you had the numbers to support it, it would make it easier to mobilize and, and go out and play shows and it's, connect with people. It's so interesting. Like with um like I've seen this happen in different ways where like over the pandemic, uh my podcast YouTube got a lot of subscribers. But it was because I was putting up things that weren't podcasts. I was doing like little daily vlogs and I did like little like um, like guitar pedal demos and like album reviews and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that stuff generated a ton of content, like a, a ton of numbers and subscribers. But it's like that's not like what I want to do all the time. And I could very easily stop doing these conversations and really lean into that stuff if I wanted to because obviously there's a market for it. But it's just not what I want to do. And the same thing happened with my fucking Instagram. Like years ago when I was really into like, well, I'm still into collecting records. But I used to be in like collect records, post the pictures of the new records that I got with all the hashtags and stuff like that. And I got like thousands of subscribers or followers on Instagram as a result of just sharing records. Now I don't do that anymore. And it's like I have a lot of followers on Instagram, but a lot of them don't like engage with my stuff because I'm not sharing all the reasons why they came in the same way where I have like all these subscribers on my YouTube. But when mm -hmm. I upload podcasts, they don't get nearly the amount of views that if I would upload like a synth demo would get. It's so weird. Yeah. It's just like people come to you for one but thing. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm a lesser known, you know, guest here, but um, there's something that, you know, if, if you get inside, inside baseball, if you, if you get like a guest, of of a band that you like, and and, well, dude, and, and, and pick their, had, and get them on here and pick their brain, then it's like, well, it's it's this I've nice had, balance. It's not all like no name. I mean, people will watch this like, who the hell is this guy? But well, I, I enjoy the conversation. Yeah, that that you bring in the format, and I also like, I totally get why people would like to listen to you do an album review of like, you know, a two thousands. Rock. I, sure. I, th I think the mute. Uh, you did a mute math one. Oh yeah, I love that record to death, dude. I love mute math. Uh -huh. Best drummer ever. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. Awesome band. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I get it. It brings. It's that totally. Yeah. No. That I, engine that brings attention. Yeah, to yeah, it. Well, that's the thing. Is like I never like 
made anything without genuine intent. Like any video that I ever made and put out, like my heart was behind it. The only reason why I've decided not to really do that kind of content anymore is because I don't just, I'm not sitting in my house every day now anymore. Like I was for some time where it was like, oh yeah, I have nothing to do on Mondays now. I can film a little album review and edit it and put it up. No big deal. Like the real world, like I wasn't going into the office. I wasn't playing shows. I wasn't going to band practices. Like I was just here. So there was all this extra time to create this sort of stuff. And I'm very thankful for that time. And I'm proud. And I think the content that I put out over that time is cool. But yeah, I just yeah. can't do it anymore. It's you where know? your 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 mind and your interests yeah. went. Now which that, is which is a lot of like what I you know happened to me too. I don't want to keep beating the the pandemic over with you know a stick, but like there's there's a weird out phase, you know, phasing out of like that those year that year or so for me. I mean, I'm still getting, I'm still adjusting to like. You know, not going out and doing stuff a lot. And now it's like, you know, you can. And then for the most part, you know, it's kind of that return to what things were slowly. And, um, but yeah, over that time, I'm like, I did put more energy into recording music and writing music. And I kind of set myself up for actually playing shows once that everything kind of, you know, leveled out. So, you know, everyone kind of went in their little, but it's funny, like you go to the, What's interesting, what's most interesting maybe is to, you know, could be reviewing albums, could be pedals, could be yeah, writing I mean, you know, it's like ultimately, you know, you only have so much time and just like you have to prioritize that time. And now we're in a situation where I don't have every day to do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's why very specifically like when I was like, okay, I, 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 I am home from work and shit for like eight weeks. I was like, okay, I'm just going to dedicate Wednesdays and Sundays to recording podcasts. And like, I'm recording every single episode of my podcast pretty much for the rest of the year in eight weeks. Oh, no way. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have another episode. I've been recording at least two episodes every Wednesday and Sunday. Um, and some, like I have a, I have a, a Wednesday coming up. I'm recording three episodes. Nice. So it's just like, but that's just as a result of like, okay, me prioritizing to make that time now. So down the line when I'm not here, cause I'm not, I'm just not going to be home. And the time that I am home, I'm not going to have time to record podcasts. So just getting it in now because I still want the show to exist and the show yeah, didn't yeah. exist for like the first half of this year because I unexpectedly got put into a position where I wasn't home. It wasn't the plan. And then all of a sudden, I was like, fuck. Whoops. I guess putting the podcast well, that's, on That's hold. always good to, to, to broaden your horizons. and Yeah, got to make it work. Could you mind me asking? So I, are, you, you're, are you you're DJ? Do you do DJ? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do you talk about the the, the event? Because I, I, I'm yeah. familiar with the Taylor Swift. Event. Yeah, everybody asks about it. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I know I had a – Brian, I had a question come in here. What is, what are those like? Like what is the? No, I, I, it wasn't like what is it like? It's uh, what 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 have you observed with like her music and and how does that how does that translate to her fans? I mean, people are pretty fanatical about going and listening. Well, I think that there are a lot of people that want to go out and go to clubs. 
they want to go out and dance with their best friends to music that they grew up with together, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of cities don't have places where you could do that in a comfortable, safe environment. Let's rewind our conversation. I, I Yeah, it sounds familiar. 10 minutes, right? Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't want to put themselves in that environment. You know, they don't want to be in a situation where there's maybe really like obnoxious people or gross dudes, slimy situations. You know, they just want to have a good, safe night with their friends. And that's what these parties are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whether you're a super fan of her music or just a casual fan, it's a good place to go that is just welcoming. And it's also like there's this weird like for the people that are fans, there's that element of like a um, I like always relate it to like like a Star Wars convention or a Comic-Con where everybody's going, everybody with this interest comes together in one place to meet each other, you know? And yeah. like, you even have the elements where there's like people will like dress up in like different outfits that she's worn in music videos or on tours. And then like people that have never met each other now are like getting pictures together and making friends because of, you know, this mutual shared interests. So it's like, there's all of this cool fostering a positive, healthy space for people to meet each other and just enjoy a moment together. And that's what I think is the greatest thing about this event, you know, um, going into it. Like I really didn't expect that to happen, but mm-hmm. over doing a ton of these over the months, you know, I've started to really understand what the event is and it makes it a lot easier um, to like uh, host these events. Cause I always like to, I feel like I'm more like of a host than a DJ, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm just kind of curating this event and giving people a space to have fun and just trying to guide the evening in a way that, you know, however the crowd wants, pay attention to the crowd. If they want to, they want to dance their asses off. Cool. If they want to slow down and cry, cool, whatever they want to do. It's not about me. It's about them. It's their night. You know, I'm not fucking Steve Aoki or fucking Paul Oakenfold or something like that. I'm not a DJ. I'm, I'm just, I'm just the guy on stage that is giving them whatever they want. They came out. It's for them. Yeah, that's cool. I, 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 I was interested in your answer to that because that that makes sense. Like the, it, it, it's it's uh, yeah, it's like a like a communal mm-hmm. thing too. And, yeah. and, and, and her music's so far reaching and um, sure. I, I mean, her concerts are. I've never. I, I actually wanted to go to a Taylor Swift concert. I didn't 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 actually end up going to one, but um, I don't know she played like Heinz Field. Yeah, a couple years ago. I'm sure that you know the next time that I have an opportunity, and, I would gladly go. I've heard there are like that oh, was yeah. like type of thing like holy shit, like Taylor Swift concerts like amazing. Yeah, you know? well, I mean the thing that is like, I guess you know like like many pop artists and stars, I think it's really easy to just poo poo them, but I think that you know she's a hell of a performer. Really great ideas. Obviously, like any director or whatever, there's people that are behind her that are helping put together some of those songs. But still, I think a lot of it is coming from her brain. And like, you know, she is the vessel for like all of this creativity of an entire group of people, you know, and uh, it's rad. You know, yeah. I think that it's a really cool thing. I think that um, I guess I, I would say this sounds like mushy, but I mean, she is inspiring. It's not like I'm. You know, I listen to just guys brooding and talking about their feelings through music and, you know, guitar songwriting. I mean, 
Taylor Swift is one that's, I mean, actually, there's there's a lot of female singer songwriters that, over time, I'm, I, you know, it's 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 such a, a world dominated by men, not to get like, but like you know, all the the, the eras of the '70s, with exception of maybe Joni Mitchell or whatever, Carol King, you know, it's the the Phoebe Bridgers of today, Taylor Swift for sure, like. Um, I'm trying to think maybe some other, there's one, there's one, I follow her on Instagram. I don't know. Her name's Lizzie McAlpin. I don't know. Just obscure, but from that mold of songwriter and, and the ideas are, they're like adventurous. They're like, they're cool. It's like, it's aspiring, inspiring to be like, oh, you, you know, you can sit down and have a guitar and then create this whole yeah. like, Taylor Swift world for better part of a year going on tours and all the the detail that goes into her stage show. I mean, yeah. it's like, it's wild. It's, it's, it's unfathomable. Most people will be like, oh, this is kind of, yeah, poo-poo it. What is this? But it's like, this is like the work of some almost maniac type of focus well, I to think, do this. I think that's the thing where it's really easy as like a, um, an independent musician, especially if you're adjacent to anything that's like rock or underground, to kind of like poo-poo the concept of like writing from a pop perspective. But one of the most valuable lessons that you can learn as a musician comes out of artists like Taylor Swift. And this is somebody that is able to actually have a conversation with the audience, which is why they resonate with that music so well. Mm -hmm. You know, Taylor Swift doesn't sing music at you. She sings music with you for you. That's mm -hmm. why so many people feel comfortable singing those songs, screaming them at the top of their lungs at her shows, at our events, things like that, you know? And regardless of whatever kind of music you're doing, I don't care if you're fucking doing like extreme death metal, there's still rhythm, chord, melody that you can put into a fucking death metal composition that is going to resonate with that listener and make it be a part like a, a legitimate part of like their being yeah you know there's a lot to learn you know and it's just about writing with empathy for the audience and just dropping the selfishness of why you're writing something which is really hard to do in heavy metal because so what makes it great sometimes is all of the ego and selfishness but it's you got to have a fair balance you really do yeah yeah i can kind of glean into that uh you know, through content on the internet. I don't know. Did you hear this band Turnstile? Oh, yeah. They're great. They're a lot of fun. I know. I, I It's like, I, I, I'm I one of these guys like, oh, yeah, I heard Turnstiles. Like, and I've watched their videos and I I would love to see them. I mean, they, they have this, uh, and I get it from the what I've see, seen. And I I would say I'm, I'm peripheral to hardcore music. I just, my experience with more pop punk emo kind of, in the early 2000s. Like, I love Band Saves Today. I still do. Yeah. There was nothing... I saw I saw them so many times. I don't know how much time we have left, but, like, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Saves Today just to, real quick. Cool. Uh, the cathartic... Well, it's a bunch of things. It's like layers to an onion. They're writing very informed pop structure music. As a, as a four piece or whatever, you know, guitar heavy, loud, you basically in the punk kind of world. And this is the early two thousands. In that time frame, I was going to college out in Eastern PA, 
and that they're, they're from New Jersey. So like a lot of the, their shows were there. I probably saw them like eight times in that time frame, early 2000s. And to be in a pit, uh, like a, 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 like a mosh pit or whatever, just like sweating and running into people and screaming. It's like, it's like the lyrics, it's like super cathartic. And it was like, it wasn't, that's not a forever thing. That's just like that time. And it's, and I since saw them, you know, later and it's not a knock on the band, but it's like the, the scene changes and the people that go to the shows change in your, your age and you get older. And so, but for that moment, I totally get it. Like, I, I don't know if this is the same with Turnstile to bring that into their into this, but that cathartic, it, in a sense, positive, you know, kind of getting, you know, the, the Saves Day's lyrics a little bit, you know, a little unusual, but which makes them awesome. But um, that's the beauty of music is that cathartic release. And it's, you don't really experience that with kind of mellow you know, chill music. It's like you need you need to be yeah, I mean, punked, punked yeah, out and like rocking. Yeah, yeah, you I mean you you can experience something. But I mean there is something that's very special about like loud, guitar driven, organic, raw music. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's something about like the the sonic frequencies and whatever the fuck they do when, you know, those sound waves hit your body. Cause not only is it something you hear, it's something you feel. You know, I mean like you stand in front of a a, a drum set and like a real guitar cab, like you can feel it pushing you, you know what I mean? And it's a lot different than just listening to something or hearing like loud electronic music, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just not to make, say that it's better or worse or whatever. It's, it's a different thing. And I think that that's, you know, rock music is its own unique thing that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. And some people don't get it, but a lot of people do. Yeah. A, that's, that's in the rhythmic quality. It's like the, it's almost like thrash, whatever. There's like a beat, like thrash. If you, if you, we had different songs, but like this is kind of like a thrash sounding song. That 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 melodic, with uh, I don't. Know, I'm, I'm losing train of thought. There's there's a band that I was like, they really do that well. I'm blanking, but it's it's more like you know like rock. Yeah. Damn it! It's all good. Oh well, it's all I'm good. Impress dude. impress everybody with my. Of obscure music knowledge. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think we covered it. I, I think know. I, I, yeah. No, I think we had a really solid <laughs> a really solid chat here. I think that we could easily um, probably chat for another ninety minutes. Yeah, but I'll say that um, for the um, f to empathize with our listeners, I think we'll 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 stop it here. Say hey, that's perfectly. And fair. hopefully, everybody got something positive out of this conversation. I thought like we really covered it, you know. Yeah, songwriting, um, public lewdity, yeah, public lewdity, uh, punk rock release statements from local <laughs> businesses that may not be that well thought out. Well, uh, hey, you know, uh, the benefits of music. Hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, you no. get, music is. Uh, it was a. It's for everybody. This was a. This was a solid, fun conversation. Honestly, this was really sick, Mike. I thank want, you. Yeah, I want to thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Please plug your uh, stuff away. Let people know. Uh, all right. I. I. Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me, and I thanks for everybody that's listened to this point. Um, I want to give a shout out to my buddy uh, Paul's Float Studio, uh, Brainways over in North for Sales. Um, he has two sensory deprivation tanks and. 
I've started, you know, using them as nobody having no experience whatsoever. So, you know, people in the creative world that um, are into meditation and maybe yoga, things like that, it's, it's a relaxing kind of therapeutic thing. That's kind of new as well. Um, and they have a website. And then beyond that, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm releasing some music soon. Um, it's a, a song that I've been working on for a while. Well, in the last couple of weeks, it's called Perfume on the Page. And I record that with my friend Dan, uh, Dan Blake. And also my, my buddy Adam, who's, who helps me. He's my sounding board for a lot of the, uh, the mixing and decisions that kind of go on after the, the song. So Adam Morelli, A Money, Dan Blake, my buddy John Miller, and my band, who we practice every once in a while. And <laughs> by the time this is out, we've, we would have played the Deutschtown Music Festival. So oh, awesome. hopefully that went well. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's about it. <laughs> cool. Well, hey, it's been a great chat. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with me. And to everyone out there in internet land, thanks for hanging out with us. I'll be back again soon with another episode. You know where to find me. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe, follow, like, share with your friends and family. Tell your grandma. Best podcast in the world. Right? That's right. Right. (laughs) You're darn tootin'. We'll see you next time. Peace out.